of Ohio, but it's a dragon. Okay. Like literally imagine like it's a, a two-dimensional JPEG. Of Ohio was yes. flying around shooting fire. <laughs> it's <Okay>. just stupid. <clears throat> Ohio also has become its own meme in that way. Yeah. They know. did get down with the sickness. <laughs> yeah, Cindy's trying to convince me there's an island in the sun, Nova Scotia. Hip, hip. Is it Nova Scotia? It's somewhere in in Canada. It's like a five-acre island with a four-bedroom house on it, and it's like for sale for like $200,000. Oh, yeah? You get the whole island plus the house. Ooh. Yeah. For $200,000? Yeah. So for sure, it's like not connected to civilization in no. any way at all. It's like minutes away boat by boat. That... But yeah, but you can also buy like on the mainland, there's like a marina area. You can buy a plot there. So you have a place that you can go from land to land when you got to, I don't know. It's still not feasible. So no, well, no, but Cindy's she's, yeah, she's like, this, this could be us. We could be living in Canada. And I this said, could be us, but you tripping. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, the first time winter rolls around. <laughs> no, nah, see, I love the cold. Yeah, because you're a freak. That reminds me. I also love the cold, but I acknowledge my freakiness. <laughs> I got up Friday morning and looked at my phone. My phone said it was like 49 degrees outside. Uh-huh. It's like, holy shit. So I flung open the front door and got licked in the face by a yak. And it was still oh, like yeah? hot and humid. I'm like, what the fuck? And I look at my phone. Somehow my phone... Weather had been switched to Aurora, Colorado. Huh, it's a sign. Yeah, maybe. Aurora's right next to Parker. Yeah. Oh, I, I I told Cindy that you guys wanted to move to Colorado. She's like, all right, let's do it. And then you fuckers started talking about moving to Canada, so. Yeah, well, Canada is just better. It's just better U.S. No, they still have the same number of racist assholes there, too. They mm, super don't. Not quite. The whole fucking convoy thing was Canada. Yeah, I'm just more willing to forgive Canadians, I think. <laughs> just give peace a chance, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to Campfire Stories. I am Don. I'm not. Me either. And both of you can lick my nuts. I mean, you know, after maybe. Perhaps later. That's for a bonus for the Patreons. Because apparently Ruben and I did a podcast called Tantrics at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, talking tantrics. Talking tantrics. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> we just we spend the entire time controlling our breathing for sexual satisfaction. <laughs> it was an ASMR it's, show. It's like the a- real life equivalent. Tantrics. It's the real life equivalent of the demon slayer breathing techniques. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So continuing with the Halloween theme, even though Ruben doesn't like Halloween. Um <laughs> come breathing technique. <laughs> uh we're going to discuss a fairly popular haunting today. Uh, made popular by um, the cinematic masterpiece that was The Conjuring. We're going to be talking about the Perrin family hauntings today. Who them? They're the people that The Conjuring is based off of. I, I literally just said that. Never seen it. <laughs> you know Ruben's never seen movies. I know. If there's not some cartoon pirate, he don't care. I actually super do not like watching anime movies. Why? I don't know. Just watch Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, and it was I'm going phenomenal. to have to, because every other one of my friends is watching it. It was so, so good. 
You know how many times I've heard that about an anime movie and been severely disappointed? And that's fair and just. But we're ushering in a new age of anime movies at this point because we're we're past the point where it's like all anime movies are just overhyped filler. And we're getting to the point where it's like Jujutsu Kaisen Zero was based off of... There was basically a whole prequel manga that they condensed into a movie. And a couple parts of it seem a little rushed because it's like an hour and 44 minutes, which is long for an anime movie. That's how Mugen Train was. It was great, yeah. but mm-hmm. it was like... They, ga- they gave the us a whole better. arc. Yeah. I like it when they spread it out, though, a little bit better. Well, they did that, too, though. For Jujutsu Kaisen? No, no, no. Uh, for um, Why does it sound like you're both having a stroke when you start saying that? For Demon Slayer Mugen Train. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I like the arc that they did so, of Mugen oh, Train. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I wish they would do that for... Uh, for Zero? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They very well might. They might. That's like a thing. Um, I think Dragon Ball Super was the first big one that was like real popular that uh-huh. did that exact thing. Where they did... They released Battle of the Gods, which is just the first part of Super. Oh, okay. Yeah. How the fuck did we get on that conversation? Ass, titties, something. I don't Is know. that another talking tantric? Yeah, yeah. We, we went on a tantric. All right. So seeking to move their children to a quieter home life in the country, Roger and Carolyn Perrin purchased their dream home in the winter of 1970. The old Arnold estate, as it was known, was 200 acres. What? There we go. Sorry. Was 200 acres in size <laughs> in one of the original plantations. I just saw the meme. What? <laughs> Uh, one of the original plantations in the area surveyed by colonist John Smith in the 16, in 1680 and deeded to Roger Williams for the formation of the state of Rhode Island. Uh-huh. Fuck Loca- John Smith. Uh, yeah. Located on Round Top Road in Harrisville, Rhode Island, the 10-room, quote-unquote, lovely, charming country home mm-hmm. was built in 1736 on a beautiful plot of land with plenty of room for their five children, all girls, to roam about and play. Nancy, That's too many children. <laughs> There's way the fuck too many children. Nancy and Christine Perrin shared one room, Cindy and April another, and Andrea had a room all to herself, except on nights when, as Andrea would put it, the sisters came crawling into bed with her, trembling and crying in terror. So here's my question. You have a 10, oh, 10 room doesn't say 10 bedrooms. Never mind. Yeah, that's like, what, it's 70s. So like, kitchen. Living room. Living room and a den. Yeah. Probably. And then, like, a bathroom. Probably two bathrooms. Well, it's probably a bathroom and then like a, half a master bath. bathroom. Mm-hmm. So that's already, like, five. Yeah. Just and then kitchen. you got... Yeah, I said kitchen. And then At you got, four, like bedrooms. four bedrooms and, like, an office space, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brain just thought ten <laughs> bedrooms. But, yeah, ten rooms. This was yeah. what what year again? 70. Seven, 1970. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say maybe a library, but not in 1970. No, we quit reading in the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Perrin family began to notice something was amiss from the first day they stepped into a lovely new home. Later, it would be learned that eight generations of families had lived and died in the old Arnold estate, including Mrs. John Arnold, who at the age of 93 hung herself from the rafters of the barn, other unfortunate losses of life on the estate included several suicides, the rape and unsolved murder of 11-year-old girl Prudence Arnold, later presumed to have been murdered by a farmhand, two sudden drownings in the creek located near the house, and four men who mysteriously froze to death on the land. 
It did not take long before the parents understood why the previous seller advised them on that the day that they moved into the house to leave the lights on at night. It, it are spooky. <laughs> it's imagine, imagine buying a house and your realtor's like, you do need to leave the lights on at night to or the ghost spirit will get you. Yeah. And nope. that's why you're saving $2,000. Yeah. It's, yeah, you know, you're getting a deal. Right. Did your phone just hit a bong? No. An ad happened. Oh. <laughs> so at first, the ghosts, or demon spirits, as the investigators thought of them, were harmless. Oh, good. Fuck. Fuck. Described variously as what? No. You're out or you're dead. It's, it's Sometimes if you let those sit for a second, it'll get, like, you'll be able to hit it again later. Described Uh, variously as opaque or somewhat solid in appearance, there were many spirits present in the old homestead. One ghost smelled like flowers, while another would gently kiss the girls goodnight in their beds every night. That's bad. Yeah. Don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that at all. Another appeared to be a small young male that the girls would watch, mesmerized, pushed toy cars around the room, propelled by an invisible hand. You guys are going to have to comment. This is not a long script. Ruben Ruben made a face that looked like it had a comment to go with it, and I was waiting for Mm -hmm. that. I don't really. I'm I'm just like, (sighs) it's a ghost story, so Uh you all know what I want to say about ghosts, which is they ain't real. (laughs) And it's a gas leak. It's like a gas leak or like a weird pipe. Yeah. <laughs> Some shit. <laughs> I've, I've drugs. Seen, I've seen weird pipes that uh, didn't make me see ghosts. I also have made seen me weird... have a great night. Uh huh. <laughs> but there's also like a bunch. There's a bunch of shit, man. Like it's just, you know. I can switch over. We can get another true crime thing like last week. Nah, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> ghosts. Uh, there ain't no such thing as no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no ghosts that don't exist. No. One apparition, presumably a female ghost, was a welcome presence in the home. The parents would often hear sweeping noises coming from the kitchen. When they entered the room, they would find the broom had been moved to a different spot in the room. Yo, yo, the first Roomba. <laughs> with a it neat pulled pi- a Mickey Mouse. <laughs> with a neat <laughs> pile of newly swept dirt sitting in the middle of the floor waiting to be deposited in the trash can. If I'm to understand correctly, if the Sorcerer's Apprentice had been trying to clean, the house would be destroyed by now. Right. But no, this is apparently just a a person, a ghost that... So this is like the Sorcerer's Assistant. Yeah. (laughs) It's less less Fantasia, more... More the one with Nicolas Cage? That was also called the Sorcerer's Apprentice. That was the Sorcerer's Apprentice, Mm -hmm. yeah. The 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 part with Mickey in it is called the Sorcerer's Apprentice, and that movie is... Yeah, from Fantasia. Right. That movie is based on that skit thing. Yeah. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Uh-huh. The Sorcerer's Apprentice yes. with Nicolas Cage. That's correct. Is yes. based on a single portion of Fantasia. Yes. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah. When oh, I was young. It's oh, probably wizard. bad if I what, try to go Fantasia? back and watch it now. No. No, Sorcerer's Apprentice Sorcerer's is Apprentice. a great romp. It's very fun. A wizard has to have some good shoes. It's because you it's don't a want plantar fascia. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The it, it is a Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. one kid. I do love him He's too. He good. was in a really good series called um, "Man Seeking Woman." Jay Baruchel is his name. Jay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he was 
in that series, and so was Eric Andre, actually. It was oh, yeah? one of his only like long running TV appearances. Yeah. Hmm. It was very good. It was Eric very Andre funny. has some things going on in his head. <laughs> yes, he does. He's really good in that show, though. He is he is basically just himself, mm-hmm. but uh in the the best way. You know what um it is about Eric Andre is that he reminds me of every character from Reno nine one one. All of them. Yeah, no, you're right. You're <laughs> like, right. I still want to see what is it, the unbearable um, unbearable weight of talent with Nicolas Cage. The um, the unbearable lightness of being? No, it's called no. the unbearable weight of talent. And the whole it's him and Pedro Pascal. And oh. Nicolas Cage plays himself. Pedro Pascal oh, is the dude that got killed by the mountain, isn't it? No. Oh, I, no, Pedro Pascal is the guy who plays the Mandalorian. Oh, well. Are, let me look. Did you just confuse Pedro Pascal with Kobe Bryant? No. Oh, my God. He's, From Game, he's of Game of Thrones? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, no, I confused Pedro Pascal with the fucking basketball. What? You said got killed by the mountain. What does that mean for basketball? Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash when it crashed into a mountain. And that's what you jumped to? (laughs) Apparently. What is this, some sort of fucking sick-ass Buddy Holly reference? Like, what? Something, something, big bopper, something, something. <laughs> he was there. The it is exactly who I thought it was. Thank you very much. Oh, so Pedro Pascal was in um, Game I'm of Thrones? I'm pretty sure, yes. Because it's the guy who was the... Yeah. It's the guy, I don't remember his name. He's the Prince of Dorne. He was fighting for Tyrion. He got his ass whipped, and then his head exploded by the mountain. Okay. See, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. Yeah. So when That's you said when you fine. said got killed by the mountain, I was like, who do I know that was recently killed by a mountain? <laughs> you sure you're not getting confused with Stevie with Ray Vaughan? Kobe Bryant, though. <laughs> but no, in this in this movie, um, your brain goes to some strange places too, huh? But yeah. I know it does. But no, in this movie, Nicolas Cage plays himself, and he's down on his luck. And Pedro Pascal plays this like arms dealer who wants him, who will pay him to appear at his birthday party. And the CIA find out about it and tell Nicolas Cage to do it. So the whole movie is Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage trying to to catch this arms dealer, but he becomes friends with him. And it's just a really, really Hey man, I know I was supposed to catch you, but do you do you wanna like deal some arms together? Like <laughs> So but. Uh, also another one of my favorite Nicolas Cage appearances is uh uh like little Netflix miniseries that he did that was just all about swear words. And he's the host. So he'll just be sitting well-dressed in like this very nice, uh, like he's sitting next to it. It's so nice that it's got one of those uh, uh, globes that opens up into a full bar. Right. You know, mm-hmm. you know that level of fancy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's there in like a really nice tailored suit and everything. And he's just continuously talking about like the origins of the word fuck. <laughs> <clears throat> that sounds like a great time. Yeah, yeah, it was very good. There was also, you know, the Grindhouse movies. Um, nope. Uh, that Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did. It was Death Proof, and um, what was the other one? Oh, um, um, fuck, Natural yeah. Born Killers. No, 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 no. They did like two movies that were released together, and you got to watch both of them at the same. It was Death Proof. Fuck, 
fuck, I can't remember what the other one was. I know it had Sof- Sof- Sophia Vergara with like a fucking AK-47 for a leg. It was weird. <laughs> Planet but, Terror. Planet Terror, that's it. Gosh. But um, in between the movies, there were fake trailers, like Grindhouse trailers. And mm. one of them was by Rob Zombie, and it was called SS Women of the... Oh, wait. Werewolf Women of the SS. And the whole thing... Oh, that's good. That sounds like some Queen of the Damned-ass nonsense, <laughs> really. And the whole thing was that Nazis had... Uh, they were trying to create werewolf soldiers. Nice. And the whole... It's just really crazy. It's got, like, what? Sherry Moon. No way. Yeah. And, you know, and it's got Bill Mosley, people he's always worked with. And at uh-huh. the very end, you see this guy in, like, a Chinese robe, and he spins around and says, Nicholas Cage, it's Fu Manchu. And he's got the long Fu Manchu mustache, and he's just doing his Nicholas Cage laugh. It never, it was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You that can one. see it on YouTube. Just look up SS or Werewolf Woman nice. of the SS. Yeah, I'll have to. Where, not the werewolves, <laughs> not the bees. But, uh, okay, so I I'm, just got to mention that the, the Nicolas Cage movie next, very good. Yeah. It's actually real. It's a fucking fire. I like Nicolas Cage. He's we, pretty fine. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. He's I love bad. him. I used, I used to not. By the way, the but, thing I was trying to think of like weeks ago was Tom Cruise, and nobody helped me. I don't know what you're talking about. It was I was saying something about Tom somebody, and I said something about the dude that jumped on Oprah's couch, and nobody told me Tom Cruise's name, and I blame you motherfuckers. That's okay. We get Tom messages Cruise. now. Somebody messaged us about after the Slender Man with a picture of a bird saying that the birds you were thinking of, I don't remember us talking about birds. Yeah, it was the one where we were talking about- No, it, it was Carly. Mm-hmm. Carly made this correction. Yes, I don't remember the bird you that's were thinking the, that's, of. That's but. one problem with recording ahead of time is you get people responding to things that we recorded three weeks ago. Yes, and then I'm like, uh, "You're no. I was talking about it was Erica Hurley, there was it? Yeah. Yes, it was. And they're shrikes, shrikes. And oh. the whole reason I was thinking of them was because we were talking about. I'm sorry, Erica. Maybe the Wendigo or something. Slenderman. It was Slenderman. It was after Slenderman, but the thing we were talking about was when you told me there was a thing that would. Hunt people and impale them on trees. That was Slenderman. Was that Slenderman? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because yeah. that's how we got, because he would take out their organs and put them in Ziploc bags and stick them back. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was, the whole reason I was trying to think of that is because there is a Hunter Hunter character in the end, in the Chimera Ant arc, for anybody who gives a fuck, that is a Shrike and does do that. Okay. All right. So, so sorry anyway, the- stupid Haunted House. Yeah, sorry, we got off on a tantric. So, all right, so another spirit that the young parent children loved was the, by, went by the name Manny. Manny was believed to be the spirit of Johnny Arnold, who had committed suicide by hanging himself in the attic. Quick uh, question. Wouldn't his name fucking be Johnny? I don't know. They called him Manny. That's on some colonizer shit. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a white guy. Okay. So how can you colonize a white person? If you can tell somebody that their name is not their name, that's colonization. Okay. Colonization beyond the grave. Uh, That's fucked up is all I'm saying. So Manny would appear before the children, often standing near... Johnny. uh, Often standing nearby, quietly watching the children going about their daily activities. A crooked smile on his face. Don't like that. That's Jeff the Killer. That's, yeah. Amused at the children's play. If eye contact was ever made with Manny, he would withdraw from sight just as suddenly as he had appeared. In addition to ghostly entities, the parents witnessed many other odd and unexplained phenomena. 
beds would levitate. <laughs> Phenomena. Beds would levitate several inches off the floor. Telephone handsets would hover in the air and slam down onto the phone base. Incorrect and also no. <laughs> and various household objects would glide about the house on mm. their own. Nope. Often, chairs would be pulled suddenly from beneath an unsuspecting guest. It's like people from before 2000 never heard of string. Yeah, all oh, for sure. Or for like sure. fishing, fishing line. line. Yeah. Like <laughs> none of it. Uh, and pictures would tumble from the walls. Dry ice, even. <laughs> like, yeah. The parents once reported seeing an orange, oo- an orange ooze blood and a wall dissolve into nothingness. A blood orange? <laughs> and just... mushrooms, I think. <laughs> and or acid. I'm not sure which hallucinogenic <laughs> would do that to you, but like that. Not all of the ghosts at Harrisville uh, were welcome visitors. Some would yank the girl's legs and hair during the middle of the night. Others would loudly bang the front door of the house with such force that the entire house would shake. Doors would slam shut on their own while others would stay frozen in place, unable to be shut no matter how much force was applied to them. That's just how old houses work. They get fucked up on their foundations and doors (laughs) do not work like they should. One entity in the home routinely kept the family awake as it continually cried out in the night, Mama, Mama, while another apparition tortured eight-year-old Cindy, telling her over and over again, there are seven dead soldiers buried in the wall. It just reminds me so much of the Bell Witch House. Mm -hmm. And every other fucking haunted house ever. Well, Yeah. yeah, but specifically that one. One of the parents recalled a small, delicate spirit appearing to be about four years old, roaming the house, crying, calling for her mother. One of the spirits was so evil, the Perrin family, to this day, will not disclose what it did to them. Andrea Perrin, who authored a book about their experiences in the home by the title of House of Darkness, House of Light, hinted that the unmentionable spirit may have molested some of the young girls. When asked about this spirit during an interview, she avoided the question, telling the reporter, Let's just say there was a very bad male spirit in the home with five little girls. Don't like that. (laughs) So the thing I don't like the most about it is that it didn't happen, or if it did, it was definitely the dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's for sure it was the dad. You mean addressing the reality of the situation is worse? Uh Uh-huh. Oh. And I think that exploiting the tragedies of your family, potentially... To just make money on a book or whatever, yeah, should land you in hell, the real one, if there is one. <laughs> like, so the most horrid ghost in the home targeted Mrs. Perrin specifically. We'll get into it when we get into the satanic panic and we talk about the uh, hypnotism and the memory changing yeah, shit that we get into. Memory. Uh, known as Bathsheba, the entity was no, thought, it wasn't was thought to have been the ghost of Bathsheba Sherman a practicing Satanist and witch who had lived in the there home in the early 19th century. There's our Satan. And died after yep. hanging herself from a tree behind the barn. Now, the parents were not a religious family. Weak in faith, it was theorized to be a primary factor for the particularly violent and active nature of Bathsheba's treatment of the Perrin family. Cre- That's victim blaming, yeah. but also <laughs> weird third level victim blaming because you're victim blaming someone for some shit that's not even really happening yeah so no it's not you say 
<laughs> you say I only the see what I want to. Is not a price that oh. you're willing to pay. That shows our age difference. <laughs> <laughs> you guys went Hamilton. I went Lisa Loeb. Well, <sighs> Lisa Loeb hasn't been relevant since the... I don't actually know who that is. She sang the song, um, You say I only hear what I want to. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know that one. Okay. I think that, that might be a melanin difference. Probably. Probably because she was a white girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've also, I did not know. Do you remember who, who was the judge on American Idol? Paul Abdul. Paul Abdul. Yeah, I didn't know she was a re- person. Yeah, no, me either. Even Until, even when I was a kid and watched like original s- American Idol. Yeah, yeah. Like, six epi- like six seasons in, I was like, Paul Abdul has music? And mom yeah. was like, yeah. Well, she's a judge <laughs> on the singing one. I was like, oh. Yeah, straight up, cold heart of snake. Two two steps forward or whatever. Yeah, yeah but the track. Paula Abdul's legacy has been reduced oh, to yeah. appearing drunk as a judge on yeah. American Idol. I'm going to say raised, because I've heard the music. <laughs> 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 All right. Fuck, if Paula Abdul ever hears that, she's going to be so upset with you, Ruben. Oh, no. <laughs> so we'll just put, add that to the list of people we won't ever get to meet, like Zach Bagans and... Oh, Zach we're going to get to meet Zach Yeah, Bagans. I was going to say. like, we... <laughs> So, uh, credence to this theory um, is strengthened when it is learned that the only previous resident not to report any odd occurrences was a local minister. Lorraine Warren. Oh, I, I buried the lead there. Lorraine there Warren explained is. that this was Im- what why this was important. She's on the list. She's dead. Yeah, so we're never going to get to meet her. Right. You only have your... (laughs) (laughs) It's a very long list, Don. It's a huge list, Don. (laughs) Damn it, we're never going to meet George Washington. (laughs) We're never... Good. Exactly. See, that's exactly... (laughs) We're never going to meet Hamilton and hear how he rapped. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, It wasn't rapped. (laughs) So sorry to tell you that. My name is Alexander Hamilton, and I'm here to say... Um... So, yeah, so you only have your faith as your protection. I'm going to change your country in a major way. (laughs) I I always had my faith. God protecting me allowed me to do this. And that particular time, the parents did not have religion, and it was very dangerous. Bathsheba was a vile, hideous creature described as having a face similar to a desiccated beehive, covered in cobwebs with no real human features other than vermin, crawling from crevices etched into her wrink- the wrinkled skin of her face. Her head, round and gray, sat leaning off to one side as if her neck had been broken, and an evil stench permeated the room when she was present. <clears throat> so Bathsheba Taylor was born in 1812 in Rhode Island. I needed to know what they looked like on the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben has disassembled a store-bought vape that is never meant to be disassembled. Um... Yeah, she was born in 1812 in Rhode Island and married fellow Rhode Islander Judson Sherman in March 10, on March 10th, 1844. I'm not going to let you skip Judson Sherman. <laughs> That's a great um, like storekeeper name for your D&D town. <laughs> My- He's like slightly stupid, but very friendly. I was going to say, we've got to start writing these down just for you to have as a collection of D&D character names. Oh, the... The names, yeah. The names, yes. The tropes are there, you know? Right. 
I can't wait until we come across Sassafras Charlie in D and D. Sassafras Charlie. So Charlie is capable of being interdimensional. So oh, yeah. absolutely canonically Charlie <laughs> can exist in D and D. So when alive, Bathsheba had lived a life of solitude, an outcast of the community. She lived in outcast of the community she lived in after being accused of killing her young baby as a sacrifice to Satan. Damn. The baby's body was found to have been impaled in the head with a sharp object. Lacking evidence, the case was eventually dropped. Bathsheba was believed to have had three other children, none of whom survived past the age of four. Her children may not have been her only victims, though. Bathsheba was also known to have brutalized the staff, often starving and beating them for minor infractions. When Bathsheba died on May 25th, 1885, the coroner wrote that he had never seen anything like it. Her emaciated body had eerily solidified, seeming to turn to stone. Now, there is no hard evidence to support that Bathsheba Sherman was really a witch. Only There's legend. no other explanation, Don. <laughs> she had to be a witch. A real thing that exists in this world. Well, witches do exist in the world. Uh-huh, but not that kind. No. <laughs> Um, we know one. Yeah. It, it ain't that kind. So only legend and local folklore led to this, or gave credence to this. Having lived on a neighboring farm in the 1800s, suspicion grew when an infant mysteriously died in her care. When the baby was examined, it was determined that the mortal wound was caused by a large sewing needle that had been impaled at the base of the child's skull. Jesus. That is Really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Despite her name being cleared legally, the public was not convinced. I wouldn't be either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, murder's murder. Yeah. Which is a side. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get down with that sickness. No. no. So it was easily recognized that Bathsheba had her favorites in the household. She tortured Carolyn Perrin, uh, one of the daughters. Cindy was often a frequent target, while lusting after Mr. Perrin. During their stay, equipment in the home frequently broke. Roger Perrin would take the broken machinery down oh, to the cellar. Mr. Perrin <laughs> would take the machine and broken machinery down to the cellar to repair. While working, he often felt Bathsheba touching him, gently caressing his neck or running her hand down his back. But while longing for Mr. Perrin, Bathsheba abhorred Carolyn. It was clear that Bathsheba wanted Carolyn out of the house. An August 1977 article in the local Providence Journal described the appearance of Bathsheba as follows. Mrs. Perrin said she awoke before dawn one morning to find an apparition by her bed, the head of the old woman hanging off to one side over an old gray dress. There was a voice reverberating, get out, get out. I'll drive you out with death and gloom. No, there wasn't. So in the beginning, Bathsheba's treatment of Carolyn was merely cruel. Carolyn would be pinched, slapped, or have objects thrown at her. Her greatest fear, fire, was soon discovered by the entity and used repeatedly to strike terror in her as Bathsheba banged torches against her bed while demanding that she leave the home immediately. <clears throat> so as time progressed, the attacks grew harsher. In one instance, Carolyn was lying on the couch when she felt a sharp pain in her calf of her leg. She examined her leg and found a large, bleeding puncture wound that looked as if a large sewing needle had impaled her skin. Later, after threats failed to motivate Carolyn to leave, Bathsheba took a different tact and attempted to invade Caroline from within. Believing oh, that Carolyn good. had been possessed, 
the parents called in psychic investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren to assist them. Our fucking favorites. <laughs> and here we come to the part of the script where I talk more. <laughs> yeah. So Because now the shysters are involved. Because now the fucking scam artists are here. Yep. You do realize if we are able to do this this countrywide legend tripping trip, we have to go to the parent or the Warren's Museum. Sure. The Museum of the Super. That's where uh, Annabelle is. Can uh, I vandalize is, it? <laughs> I was going to say, there's yet another museum that we get to go to once. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So Ed and Lorraine Warren are often thought of as the original paranormal investigators. For decades, they have helped investigate hauntings and demonic possessions across the country. In many of their cases, they were able to convince the Vatican to provide exorcisms of the spirit that they found. The parents heard of the Warrens after one of their many public speaking engagements and pleaded with them to help save their mother. By this time, it was believed that Bathsheba had physically possessed Carolyn Perrin, an assessment that Ed Warren could not disagree with. Daughter Andrea Perrin remembered the night the exorcism took place. No, she didn't. (laughs) The night I thought I saw my mother die was the most horrifying night of all. She spoke in a voice that we had never heard before, and a power, not of this world, threw her 20 feet into another room. (laughs) Something, something, gas leak. Something, something, something. No, it didn't. (laughs) It really didn't. I promise. I would love to see what you would do if you were confronted with something that you couldn't explain. Explain it. I'm constantly confronted with shit that I can't explain, Don. But none of it is paranormal. Not a single one of it. You know what I can't explain? How are people even here at all? The Big Bang, sure. Maybe God? Who knows? How does but all I know is, is that scientists know that quarks have even smaller particles within them, and thus even probably smaller particles than that are within the other thing. Like, we don't even know what the universe is made out of. We don't know what our own planet really has on it, but you want me to believe that there are not just real, natural, beautiful mysteries to find out about, like the deep sea and space, but like also ghosts? No, and also viscerally, I do not want to believe that I will be forced to be on this fucking shitheel of a planet (laughs) for longer than my whole lifespan. I was just kidding. I wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Sorry. No, I just want the audience to know that's why I get so angry about it is because there are really fucking interesting things to go out there and learn about. There are incredible things you could be doing with all that brain power and creative time that you're spending trying to make ghost finding devices that will never work. Like you could be out there finding out about how to survive the sun like NASA did, or like maybe you could be finding out how to colonize Mars actually, unlike Elon Musk. Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? There are many things you could be doing. You could be pulling a James Cameron and just exploring the seafloor you could be doing a whole lot of cool shit and learning about a a bunch of mysterious things that can happen but like ghosts ain't one of them okay don't get mad at me i'm not mad at you okay you seem just passionate i'm mad at the world passionate is correct yes okay so unfortunately the true story of the perrin family's haunting ended differently than the conjuring movie portrayed 
In reality, the Warrens were not successful in ridding the Perrin family of their hellbent tormentors. Carolyn Perrin recalled that dreadful night and explained that even though the Warrens' intentions were good, they essentially found that things got worse around them. As the situation spun out of control, Roger Perrin demanded that the Warrens leave the premises immediately. So the, the, the Warrens were not the heroes that the Conjuring movie What? Gee, really? Yeah. They also look nothing like Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiguera or whatever her last name is. I, I just picture them looking as gross as their scam actually is. <laughs> they look like everybody's Mima and Papa. Yeah, it sounds right. <laughs> so the parents soon learned that every occupant, with the exception of a local minister and his family, of the Arnold estate had reported supernatural phenomena on, on the homestead. In fact, the owner just prior to the parents had hired a contractor to renovate the house. The contractor had been busily, reno yeah, busily renovating the home when he suddenly stopped work and fled. It was reported that he had left the home screaming, leaving behind his tools and his car. The owners never moved in, and the home sat vacant for several years before the parents discovered it, uh, it was on the market. So despite the unfortunate circumstances, financial constraints kept the parents from leaving for 10 long years. Unable to flee, they endured the inconvenience of the friendly spirits and the torture the malevolent ghosts bestowed upon them. Finally, in 1980, at the insistence of Carolyn, the parents were financially able to vacate the home. Now, according to Andrea Perrin, the current owner, Norma Sutcliffe, who purchased the home in 1983, stated that she, her husband Jerry, and various visitors to the home have had paranormal experiences in the farmhouse, including the door banging, in the front hall, sounds of people talking in another room, the sounds of footsteps scurrying around the house, and one odd instance where her husband's chair seemed to vibrate in the study room. They claimed to have also witnessed a glowing blue light shoot across the bedroom, fog floating through the rooms of the home, and vibrations in the walls so intense that they felt the house was going to come apart. Several visitors to the home have independently reported seeing an elderly woman, hair in a bun, moving silently throughout the house. It's always an elderly woman. I do not trust any visitors to this house. Oh, no. Well, also keep in mind that all of that is coming from Andrea Perrin, the woman who wrote. Who yeah, was, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So take it or leave it. I'm leaving it. Yep. <laughs> so right, it is, right where I found it. Yeah. So it has been noted that the paranormal activity in the parent home centered on Carolyn's bedroom and the study room located directly below it. Interestingly, below the study, located in the cellar of the home, is an old well. Water was often used by the spirits to torment the family by toilets flushing, washers turning on, faucets running, etc., and they began to wonder if any violent history had been associated with the old well. To this date, this question remains unanswered. So even though The Conjuring was filmed in North Carolina, it's based on the reported haunting of the family living in Harrisville, Rhode Island during the 70s. It's because Rhode Island isn't nearly as interesting. <laughs> Norma Sutcliffe, well, it was North Carolina posing as Rhode Island. Oh. Yeah, the, they just filmed the movie in, Rhode, in North Carolina. Oh, okay. Probably because it was cheaper than filming it. Yeah, yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. And the house in the movie looks nothing like the actual house. Oh, I'm what? sure. What? No way. <laughs> so because you know, it's not the fucking... What's the Amityville? It's not the Amityville house. Yeah, it's it's the house itself iconic. is not distinctive. Yes. No. Um, so Norma Sutcliffe bought the Rhode Island house in 1987 and lived there in peace until 
two years uh, until The Conjuring was released. News outlets are, were reporting that the owners are now seeking to sue Warner Brothers for the reported harassment they have experienced due to the landmark status of their home. Who? The current owners of the house. Oh, my God. Are wanting to sue Warner Brothers because all these people are coming to their house and taking pictures and... I mean, it's not... Again, it's not the fucking Amityville house. Like... No. But The Conjuring's a very, very popular movie. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I gotta admit, The Conjuring is a good haunted house movie. That's I hate horror movies for the most part. Shut the fuck up. I like slasher movies. Now you're getting it. <laughs> <laughs> I like slasher movies. I don't like haunted house movies. I don't like... You like Brandon. Brandon likes horror movies if it's something that could actually happen. Mm, so he, only kind of Freddy Krueger is my favorite slasher yeah, but I mean but like Brandon loves Texas Chainsaw Massacre he his favorite is Saw he loves the Saw franchise yeah well it's psychological horror yeah he's, but he's it's a smart something that kid could happen sure I guess loosely loosely it's I mean, based in real world right you know it's yeah I mean and I guess if he ever watched Friday the 13th he would enjoy that because technically Aside from the fact that he comes back to life every time, you know. More more so, I feel like he'd be super into uh, Halloween. He didn't care too much for Halloween. Really? Really. We showed mm. him last Halloween. We showed him the original. Right. Uh, he he might like, be eh. more into the Rob Zombie version. Maybe. I know he hated The Exorcist. Yeah. That's, but I in his, either. The Exorcist and the Blair Witch Project, he didn't like because everybody had built it up so much that it was so scary and everything. Blair Witch, he just didn't get. But well, I mean, Blair Witch is a really specific taste. Yeah, I mean, see, I enjoyed the Blair Witch because I saw it in the theaters before everybody knew or got on the hype train. Right. So I saw it in a small movie theater, and you know when they you hear him go, "Oh shit, it's a fucking house!" Uh-huh. The entire audience, you could hear them go, <gasps> like at the same time, because at that time. There were people who still thought it was a real thing. Right. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But people be gullible. Yeah. yeah Shut up. Yeah, they do. I thought it was real at first, too. Until I did a little bit more digging. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it is shot in that way. It's a found footage. It's probably I mean, he said the people. single. We most are also po- people. We are yeah. also people. Yeah. <clears throat> a lot of found footage can be that way. Like, there's an ARG um, yeah. called um, Ash Vlogs. Right. And it's believable if you don't go into it knowing that it's an ARG. Like, even when I was watching videos about it being an ARG, I'm like, man, this seems real. Are we sure it's an ARG? Right. But it it is. Well, also, get, you got to remember, that came out in 99, the Blair Witch Project did. Right. That Blair Witch Project basically started the resurgence of found footage. Yeah. There hadn't been a found footage movie since Cannibal Holocaust. That's because they suck. Well... But what if the camera quality was shitty and the writing was poor? (laughs) Dude, we could make so much money. (laughs) (laughs) So various articles. Now we're getting into the the Ruben's favorite part where we debunk shit. Where we talk about how none of this actually happened and their dad was a horrible person. (laughs) No, but various articles online will have you believe that Bathsheba's body literally turned to stone when she died. Or that Bathsheba died from a bizarre form of paralysis that never heard of rigor mortis (laughs) that puzzled and frightened doctors. 
Their basis is never more than legend and local folklore or internet rumors. Nah, dog. I swear to God it happened. <laughs> and, uh, shit. And the same articles often state that Bathsheba had four children, all of whom died before reaching the age of four. However, U.S. government census records contradict this since we know that Bathsheba had a son, Herbert L. Sherman, who lived a long life as a farmer and had a family of his own. Herb Sherm? Herb Sherm. Herb Sherm. So as, as for her three other children, researchers could only find an unofficial record of their existence on a public internet family tree that lists their names as Julia, Edward, and George. It is possible that they died before the next census was conducted. Now, when Carolyn told Ed and Lorraine Warren this story in conjunction with the tale of Bathsheba Sherman, who had been suspected of killing an infant with a knitting needle, Lorraine suggested that Bathsheba Sherman could have taken the needle with her to the afterlife and used it to stab Carolyn in the calf. From that point on, Lorraine Warren referred to the demonic presence in the parent home as Bathsheba. And that's all I got. I I do not like her. Who? Lorraine Warren? Uh-huh. Yeah, well, <laughs> she's... There's a million just like her, and she's the worst of them. Yep. She's the most famous of them, I guess I really should say. You know, there are probably some that are even worse, but uh, she's the most well-known example of that particular form of shyster. Yeah. Well, one day we'll have to actually do an episode just on them. Yeah, oh, for sure, for because sure. Because the, the way that they started was he was a painter. Oh, fuck it. Uh, that actually might fit into Satanic Panic. Yeah, because they were really, I mean... You got the parent haunting. You've got the infield poltergeist. Uh, Satan becomes involved in every oh yeah quote unquote case they ever quote yeah. unquote worked. Amityville Horror, um, Annabelle, um, every Conjuring movie and anything in the Conjuring universe. Yeah, for the most part, is revolved. Which again, uh, somebody else wants to sue them because the guy who wrote the books uh-huh. that those movies were based off of. Uh-huh. Um, wants to sue them because he was given uh, the rights to the stories by Ed and Lorraine Warren and was never con- confronted or contacted about the movies being made. Oh. So, but uh, Lor- that is a little shady on yeah. their part. But well, I also don't know anything point, about that Lorraine. dude. So yeah, but Lorraine Warren was like kind of hands on with the first Conjuring. Can we take a Ouija board to their graves? Sure. Why not? We're going to do a legend tripping. Where are they buried? Find out. Let's uh, go. Probably, I would think, Connecticut, because that's where their their uh, museum is. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> let's go right <laughs> now. Pack your shit. Let's go. I mean, I'm down. I'd rather do that than what we actually have to do after we finish <laughs> recording this. Uh-huh. I just have to go home. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this was, a real, this was almost like a midweek length episode. Was it really? Yeah. It felt longer it did <laughs> it's because you two didn't talk that much look man i can only say so many things about how ghosts aren't real and how it's always a scam and how ed and lorraine warren are suck. the worst like just people oh so it's another haunted house yeah well we're gonna end up talking about other haunted houses yeah and well, ed and lorraine warren are gonna come back into play i'm sure they are because yeah, one day we'll do the infill poltergeist We'll have to do the, the... It's just that Ed and Lorraine Warren don't have any fucking imagination. Right. <laughs> like other horror houses, other other ghost houses have like 
interesting shit supposedly See, happened. I'm going to have to start doing what they did just because I can provide better lore for your fake haunted house. <laughs> yeah. My cats have definitely enjoyed the story time. I can tell. They yeah. are they are fully relaxing. I think Kit Kat left when she heard us start talking about the Warrens. Mm-hmm. She doesn't like them. She's but uh, Capone has just slept like a baby through the whole thing. Yeah. Just curled up right there. Oh, I'm sorry, but some episodes take deeper dive. I can't do deep dives every week. Oh, you're no, the one complaining no. about episode length, dog. I'm not. I'm good. I'm I'm straight <laughs> vibing. <laughs> but I'm just dreading having to do the thing we got to go do. Yeah, me too. Well, I'll let you get to it. Um, you know the routine. No. <laughs> Wait, no, don't. <laughs> do another haunted house. Wait. No. Oh, God, give me three more. <laughs> <laughs> so you know the routine by now. Like us, follow us. Uh, rate and subscribe. Rate, subscribe. Hashtag. Do all um, that stuff for us. Also, go do it for the Chudlers because yeah. we love them. And uh, Facebook link, facebook.com slash Pod. Patreon link, Facebook, or no, uh, patreon.com slash two towns over. You have to put that in the description or the address bar. It will not let you search for us. I did check. If we you, say fuck a lot. If you just Google uh, two towns over Patreon, yeah. we, we will come up. Okay. Well, okay, cool. Google it. Google us. Um, we have an audible uh, link, uh, audible trial. Somebody signed up for that. Yeah. Thank you. Audibletrial.com uh, slash TTO pod. And we hit have... us up. Tell us how the book was. Yeah. yeah, what book? Especially you got. if you read one that Ruben suggested. Yeah, yeah. And if you didn't, then you're not really one of our fans, are you? How dare you? Yeah. How dare Bitch. you listen to my podcast? <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> we're such ass. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, is there anything else we need to say? I mean, shout uh, out to the plant babies so. and their shout moms. Out to the plant babies yeah. and their moms. Yeah. Uh, Fuck cancer. Fuck cancer. Be good to yourselves. Read One Piece. Do that. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.